me a mission, I got demons to slay. Communication made you talk in this way. Anxious world. What's going on, everybody? I thank you for tuning in to the Anxiety About Anxiety podcast. I hope everybody's out there staying safe. And uh, before we get started tonight, I would like to apologize if you guys can't understand me. Um, I had to go to the dentist yesterday and I had a couple teeth removed. So, you know, uh, I'm going to try to enunciate my words best as I can. You know, um, I'm in my second day of recovery, but the show must go on, you know, even if I can't speak that well. But I'm going to try my best, so I ain't going to talk very long. You know, I'm going to get right into the story that you guys are going to hear on this episode. And um, that story is from Jared Flanagan. And he's going to talk about his battle with major depression disorder. And, you know, how he had a lot of tri- trials and tribulations and ups and downs because because of it. You know, he's going to talk about his battle with alcoholism. And uh, basically, you know, really just trying to find himself who he, who he really was, you know, throughout his life. Um, while I was listening to... You know, his story, man, a lot of what he said, I related to, you know, uh, especially especially when he talks about, you know, using alcohol, you know, drinking to kind of um, hide his feelings. Um, I know I did that a lot in my in my 20s, um, basically. So, you know, I didn't have to think about what I was dealing with. Uh, I now know that wasn't the way to do it. And you'll hear him explain that also. So um, I think he has a great story that everybody needs to hear. And um, the uh, title of his uh, episode is called Everybody Hurts, and um, which is very true. We all go through something. We all hurt. And um, I hope you guys enjoy it. And um, if there's anybody out there, like I always say, every episode that wants to share their story, Please email the podcast at anxietyaboutanxiety at gmail.com. And I definitely will let your voice be heard. Um, so without further ado, everybody, I give you the story of Jared Flanagan. Everybody hurts. I will be back next week. Hopefully I'll be able to talk better. But everybody stay safe and be blessed. I'll holler at you next week. My name is Jared Flanagan. Uh, I'm the host of a podcast called uh, What is TWS? And uh, and I have suffered from and through major depressive disorder and anxiety. Uh, today, I'd like to say that I'm living with those issues uh, rather than suffering through them. And um, I'd like to take a moment and, and share my story with you. I was diagnosed with major depressive disorder uh, sometime around 2015. Um, but it's definitely something that uh, I've dealt with for as long as I can remember. Um, as a kid, uh, I can re- I can even remember um, not being able to sleep. Uh, I tell my mom that I couldn't sleep because you know when I anytime I was idle, um, my mind would just replay you know like every embarrassing moment that I ever had just over and over in my head. You know, um, I avoided sleep like you know those kids in the movies. Uh, avoided, you know, Freddy Krueger, man. I knew like, you know, as soon as I, I closed my eyes, um, you know, I was going to have to deal with that monster in my head. And, uh, and that wasn't fun. It wasn't that, you know, that made for a, uh, 
a rough childhood, I guess. Um, it wasn't all bad. Um, I was a smart kid and, um, I received a lot of praise from adults. Um, but I noticed, you know, you know, compliments, um, usually triggered, you know, these kind of episodes in me. Uh, I was, I was extremely suspicious of people who, you know, who thought highly of me, you know, compliments meant, uh, pressure to live up to expectations and, um, you know, I, at times I thought it was people just trying to, to trick me into a false sense of security and to thinking that they liked me just to, you know, they could, you know, laugh behind my back. It was, you know, my mind was constantly twisting, uh, any and everything, you know, that happened into something negative. Uh, and it got to the point that, you know, negativity was, was easier to accept. You know, it didn't make me feel any better, uh, but I didn't question it. I didn't have to, I didn't spend hours trying to figure out whether it was real or not. If you said something negative about me, if you were critical about me, um, yeah, that was the truth. That was the gospel. I could take that. Um, but a compliment meant I had to, I had to spend hours trying to figure out whether it was true or not. Um, and it was just, just mental torture. Um, I struggled a lot, you know, in social situations. I didn't like being around groups of people. Um, I didn't even enjoy being around, you know, my family. Uh, so yeah, I really early on started to isolate, um, as much as I could, you know, um, and that wasn't, isolation wasn't, I guess, that much better because that just meant more time alone with my own thoughts. Um, but I guess it's like, you know, when you're not, you're not feeling well, when you have a cold or something, you know, it's, it, it's, it's easier to be sick in your own bed than it is to be sick and at work or sick around people. Um, so if I was going to be miserable, I'd rather be, uh, miserable alone, um, I typically felt, you know, misunderstood, um, rejected. And this wasn't due to anything, you know, anybody said. People probably said the opposite to me, uh, more often than not. And it, it but it it just wasn't something um I was willing to accept. I, I you know, I could always find a reason why it wasn't true and why uh why this was all a game. It it was this is a crazy way to uh crazy way to live. But that wasn't to say that I didn't have friends or uh, or fun. Um, you know, they, they reached a point where I was a guy that was uh, fairly social and I think likable. And uh, I had friends and I participated in activities and stuff in high school. And, you know, um, at a certain point, maybe you could even consider me popular. I don't know. Like, even now, I can't, like, embrace that idea. I can't embrace, you know. I'd rather say something negative <laughs> than I would uh, embrace the fact that maybe I had friends and was a popular kid. But um, but you know during that time, a lot of that came out of the fact that uh, I would I would I would change who I was when I was around people. I would adapt to situations and um, and sort of feed off of people. You know, whatever I thought it was that that you needed or wanted from me or whatever I thought you expected me to be or whatever I thought you liked, um, would be what I became. And so even in those moments where, you know, life was good in times where, and I was having fun times, um, it was work, you know, being around people became work. It became, you know, I was always on, I was putting on a show and I was constantly performing. And, um, that took a toll on me. So, you know, it, that created a situation where being alone wasn't cool. Being around people wasn't cool. Um, 
that they, you know, there just wasn't a lot of uh, escape or or peace. Um, you know, when I was alone, um, which you know, usually when I was at home, you know, was the case. Uh, didn't spend a lot of time around, you know, my family or the people in my household. Um, for them, a lot of the issues that I was dealing with um, was, uh, I guess, a lack of faith. I didn't go to church enough, um, or I didn't believe, and uh, and this was the devil, I guess, putting these thoughts in my head. And if I just had more faith, uh, I guess that would eliminate some of these issues. So you know, I stayed to myself at home, and then, you know, that created the situation where I didn't have somebody to play off of. So for a long time, for me, um, I would say I didn't know who I was because my identity and my personality was so tied to whoever was around me, whoever I was performing for that, um, when I was by myself, I really didn't know who to be. I used to do stuff like, I would literally like, you know, look in the mirror and, and practice voices and, and faces. I'd be having these, you know, pretend conversations and, and working on facial expressions and, and what my laugh sounded like. Um, yeah, <laughs> as crazy as it sounds like, uh, that was a normal, <laughs> that was a normal, I, that was a normal night for me. Um, yeah, I was always, you know, worried and anxious and afraid, um, you know, thought of, you know, waiting to be found out or waiting for someone to figure out that I wasn't being authentic or, or waiting to fail at whatever, um, role I was trying to play. You know, I didn't really know how to be whatever it is I was trying to be. And I was just waiting for that moment where I would, you know, I would try something and it would fail. And it was always that fear. So, um, yeah, it was just, you know constant sense of dread and fear whether I was alone or whether I was around people it was it was stress uh, and this went on you know for so long that it, it became my normal uh, I think there was a time where you know I don't want to say I didn't feel bad but I didn't realize I was feeling bad like you know if you're if you're sick for long enough um, you might just forget that you're sick like you know because that's just normal. Like you normally feel that way, you know. Um, it 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 just takes over as the baseline. So I think there was a time in my life where you know that that kind of took over as the baseline. That was the normal. That was to be expected. Uh, a bad day was if I felt worse. This was so there were no good days. They were just not as bad days, and that's that that became life. Um, then unfortunately for me, um. I had my first drink <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and it, in alcohol, I found a way to, uh, to numb myself temporarily. Um, you know, you, you don't realize how bad you feel until something comes around and makes you feel good. And then, you know, and then going back to normal is, is almost unbearable. Um, you know, when I was drinking, uh, I could quiet my thoughts. I could slow my mind down. Uh, I didn't have to, you know, battle myself constantly and, and, and all of these, you know, self-defeating negative thoughts. Um, you know, I could feel comfortable around people. I didn't have that fear or I just wasn't aware of it. I don't know what it was. Um, yeah, I thought I had, I had, I had found a solution for, you know, what life was for me. I thought I found a way to be like everybody else. You know, this is just a way I had to turn off that other stuff and uh and then I could be like everybody else. So um 
Yeah, for a while, uh, I guess things were what I considered good. Um, yeah, I, I had a career. Um, I had relationships. I had friends. There was a time I was I, I was a rapper. <laughs> I, you know, I, I was up on stage performing. Um, I usually, you know, had to find like that perfect balance of uh, drunk but coherent <laughs> so that I could perform. And uh, I missed the mark more often than I than I hit it, but uh, yeah, you know, that became my life for a while. And and you know, and luckily during that time, they, luckily or unluckily, um, I never really had any serious consequences uh, because of all the all the drinking. Um, yeah, really, really, I just became like a a legend, I guess, for all my drunken exploits, all the, you know. Anybody who knew me that during that time has a story or several of uh, of things I did, times I went missing, just just you know crazy things I did while being drunk, and um, it's weird because it actually felt easier to seem like like I had a drinking problem. Like it, it actually felt easier for people to think that I had a drinking problem than it was for me to try to tell somebody that you know I was struggling. Like it felt like weakness to to tell people that you're sad or you worried or you you know or you're afraid or you're nervous um like that felt like weakness it it was it was way easier to just be the the drunk friend than it was to be the depressed friend and um and yeah and, and nobody else seemed to have these problems like nobody else seemed to be suffering through anything or or, or felt inadequate or, or any of that stuff so it just felt like it was something i had to deal with like it was my problem and i and i had to deal with um you know friends around me the few that i did maybe confide into uh confide in um they probably looked at it as more of you know just a lack of confidence and they needed to you know pump me up and and maybe compliment me more which you know as i I said earlier, just would send me deeper into those uh, into those spirals. Um, but yeah, to a lot of people, it just seemed like lack of confidence. You know, low self esteem was the buzzword back then. Um, maybe even laziness to some people. That I just you know, it wasn't that it wasn't fear that was keeping me from doing certain things. I just I just was too lazy to do them. Um, yeah, you know, I think the idea of depression. Um, for me and for the people I around I was around at the time uh, was just a foreign concept um, it didn't seem like something that that needed treatment again it, it seemed like something that needed faith needed confidence or needed you know or just you, you just needed to buck up and get over it you know that was the uh it was the overwhelming sentiment I don't know if that's what people intended to come across as but of course in you know in my mind state that's what I took um, but eventually, you know, the, the, the consequences of the drinking, um, you know, would, would catch up to me. Uh, you know, things progressed to a point where, uh, I did lose my career uh, a couple times. <laughs> I would always find a way to like build things back up. And then I just, you know, burn it all back down again. As soon as I got overwhelmed or, um, as soon as I thought I had things under control, uh, you know, course the thoughts would come back i hadn't dealt with anything so the, the thoughts would come back the issues would come back and i would look to the one thing i knew was a solution um to fix it and it always did and then and then it destroyed it at the same time so um 
Yeah, uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, at one point, um, you know, I hit what I thought was a low, and uh, I moved away from where I was. Uh, you know, I moved across the across the country pretty much. Um, I got married. Um, my wife encouraged me uh, to go to to treatment. I stopped drinking. I white knuckled it for about a year and a half during this time. But you know, of course, you know, once you stop. The solution to self-medicating, uh, the real issue bubbles back up to the surface. So uh, my wife encouraged me to get treatment, um, to, you know, to talk to somebody, to get some help. And I did. Um, and they put me on meds and uh, and the meds helped. Uh, they definitely helped. But um, I wasn't really interested in their solution. I had my solution. My solution was more fun, more comfortable. Um, and uh, yeah, my wife and I. We had a daughter, and uh, I built a life that uh, I was definitely proud of. Um, but even in that time, uh, you know, once I stopped taking the meds, once I stopped talking to someone, uh, those issues came back, and uh, I felt alone again. Even with you know two people who loved me more than anything else in the world, and two people I loved more than anything else in the world, um, I felt alone and, and overwhelmed, and I only knew one way to to numb myself enough, you know, to get through the day and push through. I thought I was doing, I thought I was doing the right thing by uh, finding a way to exist so that I could go to work and, and take care of my family. Um, but of course, you know, it was only a matter of time before uh, things got, you know, so bad that I lost them as well. And, um, and that was, that was kind of, kind of my rock bottom, um, losing my family. And, you know, and at that point, um, this was about a year ago, uh, things got to the point where I were pretty much, um, man, I, I ended up alone living out of a hotel room and, uh, you know, sitting in that hotel room by myself, I made the decision to, to try to drink myself to death. And, uh, I damn near did when the paramedics finally got there, uh, I was conscious but I didn't have a detectable pulse. Yeah, I was I was the walking dead. I had come as close as a person uh, possibly can, you know, to achieving the goal that I was trying. And uh, and thank God I didn't. Uh, thank God I didn't. I ended up, you know, I had lost everything at that point. So I ended up homeless, uh, in rehab. But uh, in rehab and in some of the places I ended up, uh, they got me back on my meds. Uh, and it got me, you know, into therapy, and uh, and that's where I learned the lessons that have helped me transition from suffering to living. Uh, at this point, I learned that that trauma is trauma, um, and that I think too many times we try to judge our trauma by what happened to people around us, and if it doesn't feel as bad as what happened to this person, um, then it's not an issue, and we just need to to grin and bear it. And, um, I just want to say that's not the case. If you're hurting, you're hurting. If you're hurting, you're hurting and you need to heal. And, uh, it's not weakness to ask for help. Um, and you'd be amazed at how many people you're actually helping when you do that. There are people who, who find their peace, who suffer from what you suffer through and they find their peace and being able to help somebody else, being able to use their experience, um, 
to to save someone else. And so, uh, yeah, no matter how bad it seems, um, you're not alone. And that, you know, don't let it fester. Uh, no matter how bad it is, it doesn't have to get worse. It can start getting better today. Um, if you just decide to reach out. Yeah, luckily for me, um, things didn't go the way I had planned them to go. And, uh, yeah, I was able to find uh, a way to live. Uh, and, you know, and I, this is a, a issue that I deal with. Um, I believe it's always going to be there. But, you know, I have tools now. I'm better equipped to handle it on a, on a daily basis. Uh, be that medication, spirituality, you know, therapy. There are things out there. Uh, so you don't have to suffer in silence. You don't have to be alone. You're not alone. And, uh, yeah, thanks for letting me share. Be safe.